after leading his team, the New York Jets, to a loss to the Cleveland Browns. Coach Todd Bowles found himself with a seat on the coaching carousel, the hot seat, pretty, pretty quickly this year. Also, Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings are gobbling up another big-time food provider. And Tiger Woods gets a win after a very, very, very long drought. We'll see if he gets back on his true winning ways very soon. We also will hear about those stories, but not as quickly as the other stories, because those were big, but not as big as the stories in the top ten. And here's your spoiler alert. We have three super stories this week, but those three stories could not blow out the big story of the week. So stay tuned for that one. As we get into the top ten list for this week, this is the weekly wrap-up show from This is Conversation.com. This is for the week ending September 29th, 2018. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cliffin Payne. This is the weekly wrap-up show produced by This Is A Conversation.com for the week ending September 29, 2018. And it's a celebration because that's my birthday. Saturday the 29th is my birthday, so we're having a party in a sense where I get to celebrate by doing what I love the most, sitting in a closet by myself, talking to myself, which... I enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy what comes out of your speakers after I'm done talking to myself. Now, what's coming out of your speakers for the next little bit will be the wrap-up of the week stories that we presented to you via social media and our feeds at This Is Conversation. On Facebook, it's at This Is A Conversation. On Twitter, it's TH underscore conversation. And on Instagram, it's also This Is Conversation underscore. Check those out for mostly stories on the Twitter and the Facebook. Instagram are wrap-ups and links to things as well. But what we do is we essentially poll you by using our social media. You go to our sites, our feeds, and when you see a story that you like, love, hate, want to talk about, you like it, love it, hate it, talk about it, share it with other folks, and the more engagement a post gets, we add them all together, both Twitter and Facebook, the higher the score is, and we give you the top 10 stories of the week as you determine. Now, a lot of the stories this week are dealing with the things that are stuck in a Chiron, and we'll talk about those in a bit, including a lot of housekeeping to get to when we talk about super stories, three of them this week, and how they impacted the entire list, but didn't quite impact the big one, and we'll get to those in a bit. So, as I said, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and you can get a chance to get your votes in for the top stories of the week. In the meantime, let's get into those top stories, counting them down 10 to 1, starting off with the number 10 headline for the week. And that headline reads just like this. First soldiers identified from remains returned by North Korea. Friday, September 21st was the posting for this one, and we'll read a few lines from that story. We got this one from the BBC. A lot of things from the BBC this week. Oh, 119 stories in total this week, so we'll talk about the almost relevant story in part two. But let's go ahead and get a few lines from the story on the soldiers, U.S. soldiers, the remains being returned from North Korea. The U.S. Army has identified the first of the remains believed to be U.S. troops killed during the Korean War and returned by Pyongyang, officials said. Army officials say the remains belong to Army Master Sergeant Charles H. Daniel of Indiana and Army PFC William H. Jones of North Carolina. Sergeant Daniel's dog tag was the only one sent with the remains and was presented to his sons in August. The remains were repatriated in July at President Donald Trump's request. Quote from Donald Trump, actually from his Twitter account, These heroes are home. Hopefully their families can have closure. So one great thing coming out of the summit between uh, Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump is this. We are getting the remains of soldiers who have been that have been left behind on the northern side 
from the Korean War finally coming back, being repatriated, which is awesome. And, of course, families getting some closure. All the other things promised at that event, not so not so great. Meanwhile, moving on to the number nine story for this week, this gets a bumper response of 6.29% from the 10 story. That many more people were engaged with this story than the last story. Nine headline is Dallas P- Police Fire Officer Who Killed Man in His Own Apartment. It's posted on Monday, September the 24th. Let's get you a few lines from that story from where we posted it. We got this from The Hill, and it goes like this. The Dallas police officer who fatally shot her neighbor in his own apartment was fired on Monday after internal review of the incident. Police Chief Hugh Renee Hall fired Officer Amber Geiger during a disciplinary hearing, the Dallas Police Department said in a statement. Geiger, who who was hired in November 2013, can appeal the decision it added. An internal affairs investigation found that Geiger, quote, engaged in adverse conduct, unquote, when she fatally shot her neighbor, Botham Jean, earlier this month. Now, this incident has been a very, very, very big deal, although it doesn't seem to have the mass appeal that the previous seasons, uh, similar incidents have had. It's been a big deal here where I am in Arkansas because we found out that um, Botham John was a graduate and a very highly regarded graduate of a pretty high, pretty important college here in the state. So a lot of action, a lot of eyes were here from this. And of course, in the Dallas area, it's been a pretty big deal as well, along with just the general undertone of cops shooting civilians and the general undertone, the even deeper undertone of white cops shooting black people. Now, this has not gotten the biggest response, the biggest headlines as some other ones, although this seems to be going something along the lines of something that seems to make more sense. The story gets really, really weird as you dig, dig, dig into it. How did she not know it was not her apartment? Did they actually know each other? Or were there some bad blood between the two? What is going on? And that's sort of what's coming on here. I think we will soon know the real details and real answers and get something from this. This won't turn into a cover-up. This won't turn into a Blue Lives Matter over Black Lives Matter thing. I think this one's going to turn into something that we get some actual answers. Unfortunately, Amber Geiger will pay a serious price for uh, the wrongs, if you will, that have been done on whatever side you want to look at from past shootings that have been similar Although this one, the similarities end where those things were actual confrontations in the wild, if you will. Things going on where some sort of some sort of stop or traffic stop or stop for questioning was happening. This was literally she walked into the wrong house at the end of her shift and happened to be a police officer shooting a person who happened to be black in his house. Let's move on to the next story for the day. This one is a bit lighter. I think you could be the judge of that. The headline is man undergoes $200,000 of plastic surgery to look like Jesus. That is the headline. We checked it. It seems like it's real. We got it from world news daily report. So that's in itself is kind of iffy, but it did get a bumper response of 5.26% from the number nine story. So you folks really were into man looking like Jesus, or as we call him white Jesus. Let me read you a couple lines from the story and give you some comments that we got from this big whole thing. A 30-year-old man from Kentucky underwent some radical plastic surgery in order to physically resemble Jesus Christ. According to the Lexington Daily Tribune, Mark Emery has already been following Jesus' footsteps in many different ways for several years, becoming a carpenter himself, as well as studying ancient Jewish law and religious texts. He went so far as to spend more than $215,000 on two years' worth of plastic surgery to change his physical appearance to resemble genius. 
after undergoing a total of 21 surgery interventions, he claims to be, quote, almost satisfied with the results. And you can go deeper into the story as well. Here's the problem. The look of Jesus, the popularized look of Jesus, just like the popularized look of Santa Claus, is essentially a work of fiction. Now, many people have disputed what he looks like because, oddly, this happened 2,000 years ago, and there wasn't the wasn't photography back then. And people going through ancient texts and the way people in the region look and just kind of the general feel of where he was have a very different picture of Jesus. And if you happen to be a black person, you probably have an actual black Jesus in your house. That's possible. Uh, who doesn't look like what we think looks either. If you've seen the PBS special on Jesus, you've probably seen the look of a man who looks more Arab than European, which is what we get with the popular culture reference, at least in this culture of the Jesus look. Uh, Many comments coming from the Facebook, uh, basically it's telling them that the guy's kind of silly, wait till you find out that Jesus doesn't look like the white guy in the picture, Um, and a lot of of blessings are towards him, as in, you know, bless you and bless his heart. Not from the South, I don't have time to explain bless your heart. It's, that's, we'll do that some other time. Let's keep it going now uh, for the number seven story. Now, this is the week that Will Smith turned 50 years old and jumped, uh, did a bungee jump from a helicopter into the Grand Canyon for charity for celebrating his birthday. But we're not talking about Will. We're talking about Jada and her mama and her daughter and the abs. Here is the headline for number seven. Jada Pinkett Smith shows off abs. And so do her daughter, Willow, and 64-year-old mom. Tuesday, September 25th, the day we posted this one, a bump in response of 16.25% in the man wanted to be Jesus story. Let's get you a couple lines from this one. We got it from People Magazine, but this was all over the place. Everybody was all into um, mostly Jada's mom's abs being at 64 years old. Let's, let me read this. Like mother, like daughter, like granddaughter. Jada Pinkett-Smith took to Instagram Sunday night to flaunt her impressive set of abs. So did her 17-year-old daughter, Willow, and mother, Adrienne Banfield-Jones, 64. That three-generations thing, Pete Pinkett-Smith, 47, captured the shot of her and her family. The three ladies were nearly matching in their sports bras and black leggings while bearing their fit midriffs. Fitness isn't a new concept to girls, trip star, and mom. Last month, Smith posted a video of Banfield-Jones breaking a sweat during a gym workout. Um, and you can keep going on through the article there. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Like I said, everybody sort of talked about Will Smith doing that bungee jump thing, but you guys want to talk about Jada Pickensmith and her mama and her little girl and them showing off the abs. That's how it rolled this week. Let's move on to the next story, the number six story for the week. Clemson football QB Kelly Bryant says he will transfer, posted on Wednesday, September the 26th, This is technically a tie. It has exactly the same amount of points-wise engagement as the number seven story. It's a slight bump because of a slight engagement uh, inside of some things. We'll explain more about that, why it's a six and not a tie in the housekeeping segment. But it's a six story right here. Reading a few lines from that story this week, uh, this one we received from the Greenville News. Kelly Bryant started the past 18 games for Clemson. He will start his next game for another school. On Sunday, Coach Dabo Sweeney informed Bryant that he was no longer the starting quarterback. On Tuesday, Bryant informed Sweeney that he will transfer. Under NCAA's NCAA's redshirt guidelines, by leaving Clemson now, Bryant can salvage his final year of eligibility. He has not decided where he will spend it. Quote from Kelly, I feel like it's what's best for me and my future. 
I was just going to control what I could control and try to make the most of my opportunity. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel like I've been given a fair shot. I've quoted, scrambled the quote a bit in the reading there, but there you go. Uh, that's the biggest sports story of the week, oddly enough. Uh, while M- NFL football is getting started, college football had an extra week to get into it. And, of course, everything in college matters a lot more. Clemson being a uh, multiple-time um, champion and being always in the hunt at the end of the year, this is a bigger deal uh, than a lot of things going on. The fifth story this week is a super headline, the first of three we have in this week's broadcast. Now, a super story is when we combine two headlines, two stories, and take their stats, roll them together, and put them in the same ranking because they're so similar, and it allows us to have more news into the headlines. And with three stories this week that are super stories, we had a lot of things to get more stuff in there. And we'll explain to you how it got to be this way in a bit. But the headlines, the two headlines we posted, first one happening on Friday and next one on Saturday, Lake Victoria, Tanzania, ferry disaster death toll doubles, and then Lake Victoria, Tanzania, ferry disaster, survivor found in air pocket. This happened on Friday, September 21st, Saturday, September 22nd. The two together combine the story gets a bump response from the six of 18.28%. Now, let's give you some bits from the updated article that we had on Saturday and tell you about what happened there. And this also is a proof that we do have a lot of audiences who are into the bigger worldwide stories and a lot of a worldwide audience as well that pick up on these things when we have them in there. A man has been rescued from a ferry that capsized on Lake Victoria, Tanzania, two days after it overturned with the loss of at least 207 lives. The engineer, named locally as Alphonse Charlhan, reportedly survived in an air pocket inside the MV Navier Ferry, which capsized near Yukara Island on its way from Borgoria on Thursday. I apologize for butchering those names. He is said to be in serious condition. It is thought the ship tipped when passengers moved over to one side. Divers resumed the search for survivors on Saturday after hearing knocking noises. The engineer had locked himself in a small room inside the ship, and the divers pulled him out of the vessels. Bodies are still being taken out of the water, and reports of state broadcast TBC cited the transport ministry saying the death toll had risen to 207. We don't have an, an additional number on that, so this story basically ended with this, the um, with the finding of the man there, the engineer there. So that's a happy story, survival story from that thing, but a very tragic story with the tip over of the Lake Victoria Tanzania ferry uh, happening last weekend. We've kept up with that all week. Uh, no updates from it, as we can tell. Uh, the story we pulled was from the BBC. The next one, a regular story. Seattle judges throw out 15 years of marijuana convictions. This one we, oddly enough, also got from the BBC even though it's here in Seattle. Posted on Tuesday, September 25th, a bumper response from the number five story of 24.9%, and that's ball by itself. So this was a pretty big story. Let's give you a few lines from that headline from that story in the BBC. Judges in Seattle have decided to squash convictions for marijuana possession for anyone prosecuted in the city between 1996 and 2010. City Attorney Pete Holmes asked the court to take the step, quote, to right the injustices of a drug war that has primarily targeted people of color, unquote. Possession of marijuana became legal in the state of Washington in 2012. Officials estimate that more than 542 people could have their convictions dismissed by mid-November. Mr. Holmes said the city should, quote, take a moment to recognize the significance, unquote, of the court's ruling. A quote from him again. 
we've come a long way and hope this action inspires other jurisdictions to follow suit, unquote. Mayor Jenny Durkin also welcomed the ruling, which she said would offer residents a, quote, clean slate. Now, this is a big deal in the United States, as many places, many states in particular, but smaller areas like cities and counties have to deal with the actual workings of legalizing marijuana across the nation. There are, I don't have the numbers running, but there's plenty of states and plenty of big time cities and places where marijuana use is legal, it's regulated, it is taxed, which is what the real deal is, even though it is still federally a crime to house and carry and deal with marijuana. There are the guidelines that local municipalities are used to quote unquote, get away with it. You can still be charged in some cases if they really want to push it. But with the normalities as they are coming now, weed is becoming less of an issue across the States. We'll see how this works out and whether this is a thing that will be uh, a growing trend for many people in many places where legalization of marijuana and its use and it's, and it's what legalized weed. We're just going to go with that and roll to the next story. The next story is the three story, another super story as well. We'll read the headlines first from Monday, September 24th and from Friday, September the 21st. So I put it in backwards, but I'll read them in the actual order that came down. Deputy A.G. Rod Rosenstein discussed using 25th Amendment to remove Trump. And the second one, Rosenstein resigns before Trump fires him, reports say. Now, this one, the headlines are misleading because the story did change uh, quite a bit with a lot of things happening on the week. So I'm just going to summarize what happened and not go into the headlines that were there. Now, last week. We received words from some memos that stated that Rod Rosenstein, Rosenstein, we're still confused on which way the name goes. Various people and various pundits say it both ways. But the deputy AG, who is a deputy to Jeff Sessions, who, of course, recused himself from the Mueller investigation, is the man that Robert Mueller actually reports to. So you follow along there. Okay. Donald Trump, who's not so happy that there is a Mueller investigation, wants it gone. And complains to Jeff Sessions for recusing himself so he can't fire him and complains about Rod Rosenstein for whatever he's doing. So there was some talk back and forth and a lot of weird things going on. And Rod Rosenstein, Steen, got himself tangled into this discussion where apparently somebody wrote down notes that he either joked, maybe was half serious, about talking 25th Amendment with Donald Trump and wearing a wire to do this. Those reports went on the weekend. Come Monday morning... Rosenstein apparently had offered his resignation about a week prior, and there were meetings between him and White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, basically working out the details so that you can have the statement so when these things happen. When you're not straight up fired, there's usually some sort of negotiation back and forth on how you actually leave the spot. So Monday was a day spent of talking back and forth with John Kelly. John Kelly, of course, did not go with Donald Trump to New York that day, who was, of course, dealing with his U.N. General Assembly stuff. That was a whole nother level of mess on its own. But John Kelly's staying back to work out the works for this thing here. It turned into a meeting on Thursday, yesterday, as record this recording on Friday, uh, that was going to be Trump and Rosenstein talking the thing out, maybe fixing their things, because oddly enough, Donald Trump, the man famous for saying you're fired, doesn't actually like Firing people, even if they're not good at their job. That's one of those things. That meeting got delayed as a lot of people were focused on Brett Kavanaugh and the the total circus that has been the hearing going on on Thursday. 
eight hours of testimony from both Dr. Blasey Ford and Judge Kavanaugh. And I can tell you all sorts of things about my opinion on that. We're not going there. Well, not quite yet. We'll sort of go there right now. The number two story this week, also a super story, but this one a bit of a weird one. It's essentially because we had two big stories about Michael Avenetti and the, the accuser of Kavanaugh, the new accuser. Here are the two headlines. Headline number one, Michael Avenetti denies being duped by 4chan user over Kavanaugh accuser. And Julie Swetnick revealed as Michael Avenetti's client accusing Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. This one combined, although the one about being duped by 4chan was actually number two on its own, we combined the two and it still stayed in number two spot. Combined, it was the biggest Twitter hit for the week. It gets a bump response from the number three story of 46.41%. It was that big, and that means a lot for the number one story. Let's read you a couple lines from the second headline I gave you. Both these headlines were posted within about three hours of each other. So first one was the 4chan thing. Second one was the actual revelation of the new accuser. We're going to talk about the new accuser. Michael Avenetti said Wednesday that Julie Swetnick is his client accusing Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct, marking the third woman to come forward with claims against the Supreme Court nominee in just over a week. In a sworn declaration, Swetnick, a Washington, D.C. resident, said she was a victim of one of these gang or train rapes where Mark Judge and Brett Kavanaugh were present. That's a big kind of quote there at a party in D.C. in approximately 1982. During the incident, I was incapacitated without my consent and unable to fight off the boys raping me. A quote uh, that was written from deposition. More on that. At least two other people, she cited shortly in the incident. I believe I was drugged using quaaludes or something similar placed in what I was drinking. Now, Swetnick has, of course, come forward. She is being represented by Avenetti, and she's actually done some interviews on Showtime, I believe. So one of the cable networks that does kind of a wrap-up of the week uh, doing that thing. So I don't think she's been on the the regular news channels, and then she's not spoken on CNN, MSNBC, or on Fox. Obviously not on Fox. But she has been caught on camera giving her statements, and we have this sworn deposition, sworn declaration, as the article says. So this is the third person in a week to, well, actually longer than a week, third person to be named in a week on accusing Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct in his past. Of course, we know the letter that was originally written by Dr. Blase Ford was sent back in the summer and just held on to until recently, and the reason why we know her name as announced in the hearings yesterday, which the whole part is very fair, is because of some investigating and leaks from the journalism side. As far as we can tell, Diane Feinstein, who held on to that letter, did not reveal any names or any personalities to that. She also didn't offer up any chance to ask any questions either. So we'll see how that rolls. And the number one story, all by its lonesome, which shows that throughout all the turmoil in politics and sexual harassment and some death and destruction this week, what do you people care about? Well, death and destruction in a sense, but uh, mostly it's video games. This story was hot this week. The number one Facebook story by leaps and bounds, a very high Twitter story on its own. And in comparison to the rest of the countdown this week, it had a bump response from the number two story. 81.54%, a bump in numbers response from the number 10 story, which, of course, the soldiers being identified from North Korea, 676%. And going all the way down to 119, the almost relevant story of the week, 
more people responded to this story than that one by 7,306%. Headline, Telltale Games Shutting Down, The Wolf Among Us 2 and Stranger Things Cancelled. This story was updated a few times throughout the week, and so what we have here is from the original link that we received from usgamer.net, and they updated the story a few times throughout the day as they got more details. Uh, so this is the latest update. It's update four, which I will read in its entirety. As information continues to come out of today's announcement that Telltale Games is closing, and particularly in light of Telltale's statement, there are new revelations to the situation at Telltale. We previously reported that a skeleton crew will remain behind to complete work on The Walking Dead final season. That information was inaccurate. Sources who wish to remain anonymous explain that there is a skeleton crew at Telltale, but they will be working on the Minecraft story mode project for Netflix. In fact, the Walking Dead team was also laid off today, and the Walking Dead final season will not be completed. This matches with the statement issued by Telltale Games, where the company promised to fulfill the company's obligations to its board and partners. That's a quote in the story. Our sources say The Walking Dead's final season is set to end after the second episode launches next week. So, there's a lot going on in there. We can read the whole thing. But Telltale Games, the people behind the games we linked this there, Minecraft Story Mode, The Walking Dead uh, final season, The Walking Dead season one, season two games, and, of course, The Wolf Among Us, and the two version, the headline coming up, and Stranger Things, all canceled because they're not going to finish it out. Now, Stranger Things and The Walking Dead uh, final season may find a way to be completed. There's some other stories that popped up along the ways that say the other companies may pick up the slack on those. But this was a very big deal, a very big, um, I won't say slap to the face, that's the wrong terminology, but a very big striking blow to the hearts of gamers who love story games and love the stories that went along with things they loved, i.e. Stranger Things and The Walking Dead. We'll see what comes about from those actual things. As we said, Telltale Games is not going to work on them. They're pretty much dead from their perspective, but we'll see what's going on. And, of course, we've seen what's going on from 10 to 1. The story you cared about the most this week was all about the video game. So that was a hot one between the millions of people. I'm going to assume there's millions of people out there who are seeing our things every single day. And if you dispute that, well, it's not much you can do about this week's poll, but you can be a part of next week's poll by just following us on social media and engaging with the stories as we post them. We do our best to post from reputable sources. We're not quite so sure about that Jesus thing, but hey, you guys really wanted to talk about the, the guy who wanted to look like Jesus, so we made sure it was in there. So follow us on Facebook. Look for This Is The Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and see what's going on on Instagram as well. Not much interaction to add into the scores, but we do keep you updated on how things are going day by day by day. So you do that, and when you see a story in the feed, make sure you look for us in the feed. Like it, love it, hate it, laugh at it, heart it, share it, reply to it, share it, share it. Share it. <laughs> Just do as much engagement with the stories as you want to, and that will mean it gets more engagement points in the analytics. We pull together. I press them something. Somebody made a spreadsheet. I just put, drop it in there. It works. I give you top tens every single week. I also give you the almost relevant story of the week, which will be the number 119th story for this week, and we round out the top 15. We'll tell you about the stories that didn't quite have enough juice to get in the top 10, 11 through 15 in just a bit. Plus, we will have shout-outs. 
Yes, shout outs. And we will do some housekeeping, explain some of the things that happened in this week's top 10. So that's coming up in just a bit. After a quick break, you are listening to the weekly wrap up show produced by this is the conversation dot com. It's set. It's for the week ending September 29th, 2018. It's my birthday. Cloud9 Living has received a four-star rating as a great rating from Trustpilot. It is uh, known as a hassle-free gifting, and you get it delivered to you immediately because what do they give you? They give you a certificate or they give you a gift card for you to get your own adventure. You can literally choose your own adventure through the people at Cloud9 Living. They offer easy returns and exchanges for your excursions. There's no expiration date on them, and you get a guaranteed price once you lock it in. Where are the experiences? Uh, here are a couple uh, from the West Coast side, even though it's Hawaii's technically West Coast, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Orange County, San Francisco, San Jose, Seattle. Also, the mountain view is in Denver, Phoenix, Salt Lake City. Texas is a, it's not like a whole other country. They placed them in their own region. Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, make Midwest, Northeast, Baltimore, Boston, New Jersey, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and the Southeast, which is a large region as they make it, Atlanta, Charleston, Fort Lauderdale, Louisville, Miami, New Orleans, Orlando, Raleigh, Richmond, Tampa, and other places that I just, there's so many places, I don't have time to list them all. But what are you looking for in an adventure? You can find it from Cloud9 Living. They're all over the place with flying adventures, kayaking adventures, date nights that will basically charm the pants off of whatever type of pants you want to charm off of. You can go wherever you want to with that one. Meanwhile, they will take care of everything. You see, go to the website. You see what you want. You set up for the excursion, wherever it is you want to go. And if you can't figure it out or you want to gift someone a great experience, Buy a gift card. We have a deal that gives you an extra money off your gift cards from when there are over 2,000 experiences at our website. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's numeral nine, of course. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. Click on the link at our website for an extra deal when you grab your gift card from this great place, this great company that gives you anything you want in excursions. It is cloud nine living. Hi, I'm Jay Batts. And I'm Michael. And we're the hosts of a very thought-provoking show called The What If Podcast. On it, we'll explore the big and little what-ifs of life and steer our listeners toward a better understanding of the real or hypothetical situations we might find ourselves in. Or not. On our journey, we'll learn interesting facts and fictions about the everyday world. And sometimes, most of the times, we'll dive headlong into rabbit holes that slide up against the subject and sharply turn away from it. Come along with us. We'll have fun and learn something new together. New episodes release every other Tuesday. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and anywhere fine podcasts are archived. This is for the week ending September 29th, 2018, and September 29th is my birthday. So celebrating with me 
are the shout-outs we have for this week, starting off with the Facebook ones. And some of the usual suspects, Kate Barnett still in there. Also, my girl, Malvinado Slim, Daniel Williams popping in as well, and L.P. Robinson. But some newer ones we're seeing, Tony Barnett, uh, I, I guess a sibling of Kate's who's in there as well. Also, Karen, or Tina, Karenastasis, which I've totally butchered, but... Thank you so much for joining on this one. Uh, we'd love to have all the great people who are interacting what's going on with us here on the Facebook and the Twitter. Some of the Twitter responses, including some of the usual suspects as well, AARP Goddess, Louisiana Red, Thought Fly Films, also Perrain Doubt, and Kenya Suzette. A couple of names popping up this week on the Twitter who responded to some things. Thank you so much for being in the conversation with us there as well. Housekeeping for the week. Let's start off with the three super stories because that's the biggest things that made the impact. Although the three stories, three of them at least, of the headlines were in the top ten regardless. Actually, Michael Alvandi's two stories were two and three before we combined them. Uh, so the Rosenstein story was, I think, fifth. One of them was a five and moved into the third spot once they were combined there as well. So the super stories did not actually add too much of an impact to the stories as well. The Lake Victoria Tanzania ferry story, uh, that one was uh, low 10. One of them was a low 10 and the other one was outside of the range of 15. It popped it into the number five story for the week. So those stories were already there. They just got a bit of an extra boost and obviously not as much boost as the Telltale Game story shutting down their operations. That was way by leaps and bounds number one. As we said, 81.54% jump from the number two story, which was a super story on that end as well. One thing that's a minor complaint on my end, just basically part of the fun we're not having anymore, well, along with not getting the interview in, but that, of course, made it a bit of a squeeze to get in all the news we needed to get in. So we can be more fluid with that. But when we had it set for a time, when we were working on getting this thing become a radio production that turned into a podcast we had a time limit and we also had a section aside where we could just go through random stories that didn't make the second part to cut the top 15 round that part we can't do that now and in a moment we'll get into what we have left over but there were some stories that were right on the cusp that were pretty darn awesome i would say that there's just wasn't enough space for it that was one of the main reasons why we made sure we did the super story stuff for this week we had so many stories that were similar or basically the same that we pushed six headlines into three, allowing three more stories to shift up into the top 10 and into the top 15 for more things to talk about. We want a bigger conversation and more things to conversate about as opposed to just hitting the same things over and over again. That's the overall mission of this thing. While pithy isn't exactly how I would say we did this week, I think we did pretty good. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and just tell us what the problem is. We'll try to fix it next time. So let's get into rounding things out. First, the almost relevant story this week. This week, not as prolific as last week. We only had 119 stories in there. And this is one that didn't get a lot of love. We put it in fairly early yesterday. And for some reason, it just didn't get a lot of response. But it's one of those that even though it didn't get much response, I'm so glad it made it to the bottom. So that means we get a chance to talk about it. Headline, L.A. County OK's law limiting rooster ownership. Los Angeles County has voted to limit the number of roosters that people can keep after thousands of birds were seized in a crackdown on illegal cockfighting. Supervisors Tuesday voted to limit the number of roosters property owners can keep in unincorporated county areas based on lot size. Up to 10 can be kept on a large lot. Licensed animal care facilities can have up to 25 roosters. 
Law doesn't put any limit on hens. So you can have all the chickens you want. As long as there are hens, there is a ban on the roosters because roosters make more noise. So part of it is a noise ordinance, but a major part of it is the very, very, very lucrative cockfighting rings that go on in California. You think that cockfighting some sort of weird thing they do in third-rate countries, but oh no, it's out there. If somebody can bet on it, I'm pretty sure somebody's finding a way to put some money on something. And cockfighting apparently is a big thing in and around L.A. County. Let's run out of the top 15 really quickly. Headline for number 11, Todd Bowles is on the clock now after his Jets disaster. Quickly on this one, the Jets and the Browns faced each other last weekend on Thursday night football, making that Thursday night football game a marquee game in a sense because the Browns the week before had a tie, and now maybe they're going to take momentum and move with it. They did. The Browns got a win over the Jets, their first win in two years since since basically Christmas of two years ago. And Todd Bowles, by allowing his team to lose to the Browns, is now on the hot seat for his job. So essentially, when you lose to the worst team for two years running, that's a sign that you might not be that good. We'll see if the Jets can figure their own thing out. The number 12 story, Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings parent to buy Sonic. The price tag is $2.3 billion. I am paraphrasing that one, but here's the deal for that whole story. Uh, the parent company for those two uh, brands called Inspire Brands Incorporated are going to buy out the Sonic brand, making it a super chain, if you will. I don't think they're going to do what they did like Yum Brands did and incorporate KFCs and Taco Bells and Pizza Huts in the same buildings, but they are going to take advantage of having more opportunities and more restaurants to inspire their own pockets. Number 13 story, a lot of people watching golf last weekend as Tiger Woods was able to win a tour championship by two shots, first time he's won anything in five years. Tiger has had a very rough stretch in getting back into the game uh, on multiple levels, both metaphorically and in the actual game going on, having some back surgeries, having some personal issues, just having just a weird life going on. Tiger Woods, who was on track to be the most dominant player ever, now has a chance to be a fairly dominant player for a while, still very young in the game of golf, as you will. But a five-year layoff of just having weird sort of physical ailments and just a weird life has kept that slow down that that pace that he had he's not going to probably overtake anybody anytime soon but he has a pretty good chance of making it into the top tier before he has to move along to any sort of senior rankings the number 14 story this week mom three kids killed in horrific highway wreck in texas we pulled that from the new york post the actual story i'm going to read you a few lines from that one because i don't think my wrap-up is going to do justice on that one so we're just going to read a few few lines from the story from the New York Post. This was posted on September 22nd. Beaumont, Texas. Police say a Georgia woman and her three children have been killed in a fiery eight-vehicle accident on westbound Interstate 10 in southeast Texas. A Beaumont police spokesman says traffic had slowed down around dawn Thursday due to an unrelated accident ahead when 18-wheeler at the rear plowed into the other vehicles. Officer Haley Moreau on Friday identified the victims as 36-year-old Chelsea Stanberry, 10-year-old Anthony Stanbury Jr., 8-year-old Aliyah uh, Stanbury, and 6-year-old Chase Stanbury, all from Marietta, Georgia. Three other people in the family SUV survived. 
Murrow says several people in other vehicles suffered multiple injuries. She says I-10 was dry during the multi-vehicle accident and the weather was not a factor. Beaumont is 80 miles northeast of Houston. So our thoughts and prayers go out to that family and anyone else who had to deal with the dealings in that horrible uh, traffic wreck. Hopefully all that have recovered are recovering safely and people will move on with the lives in that one. And we wrap these things out with another pretty bad story. Here's the headline. We've pretty much lost everything. Homes destroyed as Ottawa Gatineau tornado causes mass outages. And this is something that we don't think about. Or at least me personally don't think about much here in the South. We think tornadoes are a, a thing, uh, just kind of natural to us. Tornadoes were an issue with the storms that just went through the Carolinas. Tornadoes happen in the Northeast more frequently than you think. Uh, because there's larger buildings, people think there's not tornadoes in the big cities, but they do happen. And this is one that happened in Canada, a place that I would not really think of tornadoes. But here is a few lines from that story we got from the CBC website. About 100,000 Hydro Ottawa customers are still without power a day after two twisters ripped through the area and neighboring Quebec. The city's mayor is warning residents it could take days to fully restore service to those neighborhoods hit hardest by the storm. In addition to destroying some of the city's electrical infrastructure, the tornado sent five people to local hospitals. Two are in critical condition, one is in serious condition, and the other two are stable. Others in neighboring Gastineau or on the Quebec side of the Ottawa River were also transported to the hospital with injuries. So this happened, and at least we got this posted on Saturday, September 22nd, uh, our final story, our 15th story for the week. Not so happy we're ending the week on sadder stories that didn't quite make it in, but these are the stories that were right within the range, barely hanging on to get in there. And as we said, we made three super stories out of six headlines to shift the space for the stories getting in there, and this is what we came out with. So with that, there's not much left but to thank you for being with us for this. This was the weekly wrap-up show for the week ending September 29th, 2018. It's the weekend of my birthday, so you're celebrating this with me as I'm doing this thing, recording in a lonely booth. But somehow being lonely seems apropos for me and my birthday. But thank you so much for not being lonely on the internets and being lonely in our feeds because that's what we need you the most. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and on Facebook at This is a Conversation, Instagram as well. But you are reacting to the stories as they come through. The more you react, the more you comment, the more you like, love, and share, the more interaction that we see, the higher they rank up for the top 10 every single week. Questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to theconversationinbox at gmail.com, or you can email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com. Check out my other projects at jclevenpain.net, and of course, the website housing all this commotion is this is a conversation.com. Make sure you share the podcast and share the links and share all the stuff we do here with friends, family members, and random acquaintances because we want more people in these conversations. Thank you so much for being conversational and paying attention to what's going on and not just being sucked in by the Chirons on the major news networks. Next week, we'll tell you what 10 stories you care about the most that weren't exactly pushed down from the major networks in the weekly wrap-up show from this is the conversation.com.